I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. I hope everyone enjoyed week two of the college football season. As football continues to roll on in this country, we've got Sam Webb joining the show. He is the Michigan Insider and also is the publisher of our Michigan site over at 24-7 Sports. We will discuss the big commitment of the weekend, top 24-7 running back Tavier Dunlap committing to the Wolverines and what that could mean for another highly coveted prospect that Michigan is after. We will also talk about some negative recruiting that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have had to combat in recent weeks as the three other Power Five conferences continue to roll on with their football plans. Remember, if you're new here, please hit that subscribe button to get this show the moment and it hits the airwaves also give us those five stars and put a recruiting question in your review if you do so you've got a chance to get it answered in our next mailbag episode our team of analysts have had a great time answering our listener questions so make sure you put yours in there it's a big week at 24 7 sports as we release a rankings update for the 2021 class after four weeks of the high school football season it's going to be a refresh the rankings release is scheduled for noon eastern on Wednesday. Before we get to Sam Webb, let's begin with the kickoff. In what may qualify as the most 2020 commitment of the 2020 cycle, Al Ashford III, a three-star defensive back from Cherry Creek High School in the state of Colorado on Friday night, revealed his college choice. He committed to the Wisconsin Badgers. He did so wearing a mask. There was social distancing with his family, and he pulled out a hand sanitizer with a Wisconsin Badgers logo to reveal his choice. Now, here's the funny part. Al Ashford never disclosed that he had an offer from Wisconsin. He never tweeted about it. He never told his family about it. His parents were completely in the dark. Everyone thought that he was choosing between in-state Colorado and Kansas State, among others. He had a number of other Pac-12 offers and a few other schools that were in the mix. But Wisconsin and two other mystery Power 5 programs joined the chase recently with offers. He never disclosed them. He kept it a secret. And it was a rather surprising moment when he pulled out the hand sanitizer. So Al Ashford keeping his hands clean and taking his talents to Madison, Wisconsin. Head over to 24-7 Sports to read more about Al Ashford and his decision to commit to the Wisconsin Badgers in what was maybe the most 2020 recruitment of the cycle. We are now joined by Sam Webb. He is the Michigan Insider over at Michigan site on the 24-7 Sports Network. Sam, week two of college football, but obviously the Big Ten did not play. How did you live week two of college football and, and the return of the Power Five conferences? You know, it was it was a bit odd. I mean, the the return of the uh, the NFL season or start of the NFL season is really what kind of made it sink in that man that we were supposed to be watching football 
uh, this time of year. So, you know, monitoring the the other conferences and and really, you know, honestly, Blair, so much time is wrapped up in keeping track of the whether there's going to be a vote, what meetings are happening, covering the decision on when to start the season uh, has us so preoccupied that you don't really have time to dwell on the fact that they aren't playing football because you're covering when they are. So it's a little, it's a distraction in that way, but yeah, you're feeling the, you're feeling the loss. There's a hole, uh, both from a fan standpoint and from a business standpoint, as I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, football moves the meter, especially at a place like Michigan and with, uh, without football there, you know, the fans, the mood of the fan base is, is somber in some respects, angry in others. So it's it's definitely noticeable <laughs> watching other conferences play and watching uh, the Big Ten not. Yeah, and, and I feel like, you know, I, I follow a lot of recruits and, and, and the ones that uh, maybe I had a, a good connection with throughout their recruitment in high school. I, I continue to follow their their path in, in college as well, and and that's not only just in person or you know via text message or with their families, but that's also on social media. And it has been a bit depressing, I will say, to follow some of these guys that are in the Big Ten, that are in the Pac-12, that are at home on Saturday, and, and they're saying, "Hey, I wish I was on my way to the Rose Bowl right now, right?" Or or "Hey, I, I'm watching this game. When am I gonna?" be able to play um but but you you brought up a good point there being able to actually watch some of these games watch some of these power five schools watch the nfl it has not only given us a a bit of a distraction but i think it gives us some optimism right that that football in in the big 10 football in the pac-12 uh is just around the corner obviously they're making a big push and we're going to get to that in a little bit but did want to discuss the recruiting impact Michigan hasn't been affected as much as other schools. We had Brian Doan on this podcast talk about Penn State and how much of a hit they've taken during the pandemic because there hasn't been recruiting visits. Michigan's kind of on the flip side of that. They have a top 10 class right now nationally, number two in the Big Ten behind Ohio State. And, and obviously, that's that's nothing to really kind of hang your head, uh, head on because everyone's second to Ohio State right now nationally. But Michigan was able to add to that class this last weekend with the biggest commitment of the weekend nationally, running back Tavier Dunlap. What do we make of him? You know, we were talking off air about how Michigan had already gotten their quarterback. They had the offensive lineman. They had receiver options. All they were really needing was kind of that dynamic playmaker in the backfield. And I know they, they're they're hoping they're not done yet. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, with, with Tavier Dunlap, I, you know, I think 24-7, you guys do such a great job. Our rankings team uh, is second to none when it comes to scouting guys. And so I think Michigan's view of Tavier Dunlap is much closer to what our analysts, how, how you guys view him, a top two, four, seven. They, I think they think he's even, even higher than that. They think he's a, a marquee back, a guy that brings you size, uh, a, a faster than, than build 40 time. The 463 that we have listed is, is one from an opening regional back in March of 2019. So, uh, you know, I, I believe Michigan thinks he's faster than that. He certainly, he looks faster than that on the football field. You give him a crease uh, and he's not getting caught from behind. You see him splitting defenders on his tape, outrunning angles on his tape. Uh, you know, is he a burner per se? No, but really, really good football speed. And what I really like about him, you know, he can he can be a little upright 
Uh, but when he sees contact, he's a guy that has contact courage. He'll lower his, lower his shoulder and, and, and take on a defender. Uh, you like to see that, especially when you're trying to gauge how good a guy might be in short yardage scenarios. You really see that with, with Tavier Dunlap. He can catch the football out of the backfield as well. Uh, you see that on tape. You see that in his stats. So they really feel like they have a complete back in this kid. And you look back at the last couple of cycles, they've taken like a back a back per cycle. And they were really, really looking, you know, to, to bolster the running back position. That's why in, in taking Tavier Dunlap, you don't move yourself out of the equation for Donovan Edwards, who an in-state guy, the number one player in the state, uh, one of the top, you know, top 20 prospects. I have to look at the rankings to see if that's still where he's checking in. But certainly, one of the top 20 or top 25 prospects in the country. He might be the top guy on Michigan's board, regardless of position. A big time back, but you want two. They want two in this class. Uh, and the way the way that is so obvious is when it became clear that Tavier Dunlap was going to be uh, probably coming Michigan's way, they made it a point to reach out to Donovan Edwards and make it clear to him, hey, you're still at the top of our board. We still want you. We're still a priority. We just want to be up front with you because you look back at a situation like the one with Ohio State. They were recruiting him as well. Uh, they had a number of top backs on the board. And at the time, they decided that, hey, you know, we're going to we got two spots and we got maybe three top guys. And so they tried to rush Donovan along into making a decision, something he didn't really like. And he decided to, you know, they the two parties parted ways. Michigan wanted to make sure that he knew that, look, we're taking a guy. But this spot is here for you for as long as you want to take. And that's what you do when a guy is number one on your board like he is. And when you take two running backs in a class, you hope that they would complement each other, right? Because there's going to be so much overlapping reps. Uh, you're going to have to be essentially keeping both of them happy in a way, right? You know, sharing the rock, as they say. How do you think their skill sets would complement each other if they were to team up at the next level? You know, they are, it's interesting, Blair. They aren't that, you know, they're more similar than they are dissimilar. Good size. This, yeah, this isn't thunder and lightning, right? Yeah, I think not, that's yeah. that's what that's what I'm getting at because the, so much so much is, oh, well, we, we need a speed guy and we need a power guy or we need a, a guy that's going to be two or three downs and then we need a, a short yardage guy. Uh, some of the times you, you're you good getting the same type because then you, you rotate and all you're really changing is, is the guy that's fresher, right? That right, You're just putting right. a fresh guy on the field, but he's doing the same exact thing. You're exactly right. I mean, I think the the main thing that they look for is, you know, skill set. And this offense is pro spread that they run. They really want their backs to be more than just tailbacks, to have really good receiving skills out of the backfield. And if you watched Josh, you know, the offenses that Josh Gaddis was a part of at Penn State with Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders, think about how effective those guys were catching the football. And then you go down to Alabama and you look at guys like, you know, Josh Jacobs, who's doing his thing in, in the NFL now. And you look at uh, uh, the the uh, the kid from from NorCal that the number one back in the country that that went down to uh, to Bama. Why is his name? Escaping? Yeah, Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Exactly. Another guy that can really catch the football out of the backfield. Uh, you know, you're talking about the kinds of uh, ver the kind of versatility that you're getting in both of these kids that Michigan 
is courting. One in Tavier Dunlap, who they already have, and Donovan Edwards, who they uh, who they hope to have. I think with 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 Donovan, if there's a distinction, you know, I, I just I, I feel like I, I feel like Donovan gets behind his pads more. I mean, he's a guy that runs with the lower center of gravity just when you watch him run. Uh, but similar speed, Donovan is probably a little bit bigger, a little more muscular in his build. But but just as, like I said, just as fast. And both guys are tremendous. I mean, they catch the football really well. But with, with Donovan, it might even be on another level. I mean, he's so good as a receiver, Blair, that I know talking to his coaches over there, they think he could line up and be a receiver in college if he really wanted to. He spends a lot of time on that aspect of his game. And, and the guy that's going to be looking to get him the ball potentially is J.J. McCarthy. He is the five-star quarterback at IMG Academy who's currently committed to Michigan. Uh, I know he he just played his first game over at IMG Academy to kick off this month. Uh, he looked good. If you want to check those out, you could find the clips over on his 24-7 sports page, courtesy of Andrew Ivins, who covers recruiting in the state of Florida for 24-7 sports. But McCarthy is the headliner, right? Everyone looks to the quarterback in a recruiting class, not only because of what he's able to do to recruit others, but you look at, you know, you start looking at the depth chart and you start looking at, at the potential with with a player like him. And if you're adding pieces like Dunlap, if you, you know, eventually get an Edwards to, to join him, uh, they have, uh, like I mentioned earlier, a couple really good receivers, Christian Dixon out of the state of California, and then Xavier Worthy, uh, Xavier Worthy the, the speed burner from from northern california then they got some linemen as well so offensively michigan's putting together a really good group what have you heard about mccarthy's progression since he has made the move over to img academy and his preparation to be the next guy in ann arbor you know i think the 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 preparation actually began before he made his way down to img i i think that as much as that's about furthering his development, I think it's it's also about he wasn't going to be able to graduate high school early uh, back in Illinois uh, at his high school, and so going to IMG not only can you know you you play with the best guys and play against some of the best competition, he could also be a mid year graduate, uh, and that's something that he wasn't going to be able to do. So there there are a few things there, but the reason why I mention that is really from the end of last year from the end of last season where they fell short of another state championship, because this was a kid that led his team to a state title as a sophomore. And so what do you do for an encore? Right. And I think it, you know, is, well, how many fingers does he have? (laughs) Right. right? (laughs) But but talking, talking to our team of analysts, talking to Alan true, talking to, uh, to Steve Wilfong, talking to the guys that you guys that really do the rankings, what were you looking for? In year two, and it was really picking up where he left off. Well, there was a lot more on on JJ's McCarthy, JJ McCarthy's shoulders as a junior. You know, some of that talent, that senior talent, had moved on. The bullseye was on his back. He's expected to command more. And again, some of the bigger competition earlier in the season, uh, it wasn't a. I, I know one of the games that Allen really points out. There was a game early in the season uh, where he had like three or four interceptions in the game, and that was. One of the things that that they really looked at, one of the few games they really looked at and said, ah, you know, it doesn't really look like he picked up where he left off. J.J. McCarthy is the kind of kid that takes that as a as a challenge, not just about people thinking he isn't better than he was, but himself seeing a performance like that 
and knowing that he's a better quarterback than that. So you go a place like IMG, you know, conceivably you're playing a, a big time opponent every single week. Now, where else did his game really start to grow? His body. I mean, he was, he's always been a nimble guy who could really run around, but he wasn't a big framed guy. You know, he was, you know, maybe one, 185, 190. You look at JJ now, you can tell he's been in the weight room seriously, has put on a good 15 pounds of muscle, it seems, still moves around just as well. So durability, I mean, you, you as part of the projection, you look at can a guy, you know, not that you're going to be running your quarterback you know, all over the place like a tailback, but you want him to be able to take a hit. He seems like he, he, seems like he is, is, is more up to that with the added size. Uh, his arm strength was never an issue. Uh, but, you know, between the competition, the increased competition, the time he's put in his craft, going to camps, training with quarterback coaches, and then, of course, now the enhanced competition, all of these things nurture him to the point where he's probably going to be able to hit the ground running uh, and getting into the thick of competition as soon as he gets to Ann Arbor. We are joined by Sam Webb. He is the host of Michigan Insider and also the publisher of 247sport.com, the Michigan Insider. You could follow him on Twitter at SamWebb77. We're going to take a short break, but stay right here. We're going to get into the Big Ten recruiting implications as the pandemic rolls on, as well as combating some negative recruiting. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo, joined by Sam Webb. He is the Michigan Insider over at 24-7 Sports. Sam, we we uh, alluded to it a little bit in, in the first segment, and, and this has been, I think, an, an overlaying theme now for a few, uh, I would say, months now, given the fact that football, not only in the Big Ten country, but also out west in the Pac-12 has been affecting recruiting, right? The the fact that everything has been pushed back, um, you know, the pandemic ha- has continued to to roll on, and and the recruiting dead period has essentially eliminated visits. There's been no in person contact, and you know, in retrospect, when you look at it, uh, you you might wonder. You know what would be happening right now had there been football in the in the big in the Big Ten in the Pac-12, uh, but that's not the case right now. Uh, I know that you have some really good insight uh, about the recruiting staff at Michigan and how they've gone about their business. What what has stuck out to you? What 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 kind of things has Michigan and maybe some of these other Big Ten schools that are combating Michigan done to offset the fact that you know everything has has kind of been flipped on its head? Yeah, you know, I think you you have. <laughs> you have had to 
really get well versed in like Zoom and uh, and and FaceTime and all of the virtual tools that you have at your disposal to connect with kids. And I, I think Michigan in particular, uh, you know, they they advanced early in that area, uh, really doing specialized Zooms from. Uh, a player comparison standpoint, maybe showing a kid, this is who you're like, uh, you know, taking a, taking a high school clip of a kid uh, doing a, a, another clip of the, you know, that, that position in Michigan's offense and running them back to back and then coming back on the screen and talking them through it or, or doing a clinic on zoom in the early days uh, of, of the pandemic that was, you know, hearing about Michigan doing that. I wasn't really hearing, a lot of schools doing that as much then more do it now, but taking an offensive lineman and, 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 and taking them through a, a zone blocking clinic, working on outside zone. I, that's one of the things that I really saw them do uh, effectively. Another thing that they've done, and I know other schools have as well. I don't know if they've done it as, as frequently, but Michigan has been able to get kids on campus to take dead period visits. Now you can't have any interaction with those kids, not on the phone, not on Zoom while they're on campus. So Michigan does a great job of laying things out before a kid comes to campus. So the kid and his uh, and his family they can go around and uh, and see what they need to see without having that contact with the coaches. That was another thing that they did uh, really really effectively. And then for the kids that they couldn't get on campus, you know how. Do you, how well do you connect with all aspects of a young man? This is where Xavier Worthy comes in uh, in a as big a recruit as they've landed. I mean, as as high as you guys are on him, Blair, I think Michigan is even higher on Xavier Worthy. I think they think he's one of the top, you know, two or three receivers in the country. They think he's that good. Uh, and, but he was on his way to Oregon, seemingly, and Michigan did an amazing job, I think, of connecting with the kid, of connecting with his mom, of connecting with his uncle, who is a huge Michigan fan, uh, and really impressing upon him the the similarities between him and some of the guys that that Josh Gaddis has coached, you know, coached in the past uh, in that offense, and and you know, sort of making some comparisons between Michigan and some of the offenses that he was looking at, and why Michigan would be, uh, you know, more ideal, more suited to what he wanted to do and what he wanted to be just really having that attention to every detail is what you need to do to compensate for not having kids on campus. Not at the same time, uh, Blair, there, there've been some guys that, that it's hurt them with, um, the, the kid from Hawaii, and you're going to have to help me with his last name, but Titus, what's, how do you pronounce Titus's last name? Titus Mokiao Atimalala. Yeah, that guy, (laughs) That, that guy, has been amazingly responsive to Michigan. They're talking to him about receiver. They're talking to him about safety. He really seems to to like it. But and he wants have, to play both. He right. if he if he could, he would play both. Right. And and they are pitching that to him. But they haven't gotten that kid on campus. And I mean, can you can you get a kid to come that far, come from that far away to Michigan if he's never seen it before? I mean, it'd be it'd be different if he had connections like Roman Wilson. I mean, Roman Wilson's parents are from Michigan. So, I mean, if Roman Wilson hadn't visited Michigan, you you might still have a shot with him. But Titus, I, I just can't see it. Uh, Dallas Turner, who's committed to Alabama, you know, really high on Michigan and had designs on still taking an official visit to Michigan. Uh, and it doesn't look like that's going to be able to happen. Damon David, a safety prospect from in Maryland, over in Maryland at Michigan, 
uh, was is one of the 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 last team standing for. But you know, can you distinguish yourself from a school that's closer to home in in Boston College or his dream school in Oregon if you can't get them on campus? Just a, a a tall, a steep hill for them to climb. So they've done a good job overall of offsetting the the impact. But there have been some areas where it has where uh, in as far as not being able to get kids on campus where it has hurt them. Yeah, I thought you you mentioned something very interesting there about you know detailing a potential unofficial visit if there is no in person contact. I had a, a Pac-12 recruit tell me that he made a trip out to a Pac-12 school last week and he got on the phone with the coaches the night before and they outlined everything that he needed to hit. Basically, gave him an itinerary of spots on campus, how to get to to this place, how to get to that place, where to eat. Uh, I think all that ha- has been so important and. And obviously, the recruiting dead period has been extended through the end of September. So we're, we're supposed to find out soon if that's going to be pushed even further. And I feel like if it is, we're going to see even more commitments because I think as time crunches down and, and we get closer to that early signing period and, and spots continue to get filled up and, and we don't know what the, the, the next maybe offer could be or, or, or where the certain schools have you know openings in, in their recruiting classes, I think recruits will start to snap those up and we're going to see a lot more activity as, as we continue to charge towards hopefully a fall season, maybe a, a, an early winter season for both the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I know it's been a, a topic of discussion from a national standpoint the, the fact that the ACC, the fact that the Big 12, the, AS, the SEC are all playing football. And from a recruiting standpoint, you look at that and you wonder, oh, you know, well, these conferences care about football. And, and I could assure you that recruiting staffs have been pushing that to recruits. Uh, on the flip side, the coaches in the Big Ten, coaches in the Pac-12 have had to maybe put out some fires here or there, right? Wondering, uh, you know, whether or not the fact that they're not playing this fall is affecting them with recruits that, you know, for the most part are focused on being football players and, and whether or not their conferences care about the sport. Uh, what's your take on that? How has the the likes of Michigan, Ohio State, the schools in the Big 12 tried to combat the negative recruiting that, uh, you know, for sure has been going on right now? I think they've tried to get their own messages out that messages that weren't necessarily consistent with the uh, with the Big Ten party line. You saw Ryan Day come out with a with a statement on social media last week, for instance, uh, where he challenged the Big Ten to uh, allow the the conference to get back on the field. That came after Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) Not only I mean, he's been pretty consistent and. Uh, talking about how he disagrees with the Big Ten's decision, but uh, he he had just taken uh, you know taken part in a protest on campus where they marched from you know the stadium over through campus and uh, really uh, in 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 a way kind of called out his own president uh, here at the University of Michigan, saying yeah he sent them the the results from uh, you know the COVID testing for for the last however whatever the period of time was. And he said, you know, he sent that, that message, but he hasn't had any conversations with the, with the president. Haven't, hasn't heard back from him directly. I know presidents and and coaches don't, you know, as a matter of habit, hang out. Uh, But uh, uh, something of this magnitude, you think there would be some communication. So uh, I, I think the way that coaches are approaching this, 
to to kind of offset some of the negative recruiting, which absolutely is there to your point, is to show that they are advocating for their players. Because I I, I don't think those messages have any functional impact. I don't know. I, I feel and, and 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 they might believe all that stuff. And, and I feel like they do. Right. W- those statements. And but a lot of it, I think, too, has to do with optics. And right. I, I think it's a measured approach. It's very strategic. They they don't even have to make these statements. Right. But they're putting them out on social media. They're making a graphic out of it and everything. And they know that's where recruits are watching. And and I think that they know that from a perception standpoint, it, it's a PR battle. Right. And, and I feel yeah. like they need to prove that they care about football and that a lot of the stuff is out of their hands. Yeah. And I wonder you know, through your communication with some of the some of the recruits on the on the West Coast, some of the staffs on the West Coast, what their approach is to combating this, because, you know, Larry Scott, I, I know that he has been maligned in some circles out there in the Pac-12, but I think that he's done a really good job of of managing this, of communicating what their criteria is of making himself available to the media uh, of really managing the the narrative. Yeah, he's and, been very transparent. And yeah, and the yeah. Pac-12, I mean honestly, we laugh about the Pac-12 so much, but you know, I think they've they've really made the Big 10 look uh, kind of like a mess. That yes, they have. And, and so where it shows up is at a time like this when you're trying to combat something like negative recruiting where the SEC uh, they're the main ones that I've heard are saying, yeah, we care about football more <laughs> than, than they do up there. The counter to that, there's an easy counter to that, which is we care about you more because we are willing to sacrifice hundreds of millions of dollars because we care more about your health and welfare than we do about how much money we can make. That that revenue comes second to your health and your welfare. That's how you combat it. See, but the, the Big Ten hasn't been able to do that because they, they are not on the same page as far as this decision, as far as the messaging with this decision is, is concerned. So coaches can't offer that full-throated, you know, the Big Ten cares more about you, the individual, than the SEC, who cares more about you, the football player. They can't say that because you got the conference and the president saying one thing, and you got the coaches saying another. If there was just better communication, if they could have been on the same page, if they could have done a better job of having the coaches understand what the criteria was for the decision, maybe the messaging to their players would be different. Maybe the messaging to recruits would be different. Maybe then you could take the moral high ground in this recruiting PR battle and say, we care more about you, the player, but because they've just bungled this, bungled the messaging so badly, they haven't been able to combat uh, the negative recruiting in that way. It's really been, you know, every man for himself to each his own, how you combat it. Get your own message out there, James Franklin. Get your own message out there, Ryan Day. Get your own message out there, Jim Harbaugh, where you can say, hey, we on the coaching staff at Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State, we care about football. Yeah, no, it's going to be very interesting with with uh, the Pac-12 aiming for for rapid testing and and how that's going to impact maybe their their ability to move up the the season. I know they want to sync up 
the Pac-12 and the Big Ten to to have some sort of postseason, uh, I, I, I guess, matchups like like they would traditionally. Um, and, and like I said earlier, recruiting is going to be a, a very interesting dynamic between uh, those two conferences and the and the ones that are playing heading into the early signing period. Sam, thank you so much for for joining the podcast. It's been a pleasure. We really hope to have you on soon again. Absolutely, Blair. It's been a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. All right. That was Sam Webb. He is the host of the Michigan Insider, also the publisher of 247sports.com's The Michigan Insider. You could follow him on Twitter at SamWebb77. That will do it for us. Remember, we've got a rankings update this Wednesday over at 24-7 Sports. It's a refresh to the 2021 class after a month of high school football. So make sure you tune into the website and check back here on this feed for all the latest on recruiting nationally here on 24-7 Sports.